0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, show number 33. With me tonight, Ian. Great. And of course, Mac. We proud. And we're happy to welcome back Eric.
1: The I in Afghanistan, as we cannot be confirmed tonight.
0: <laughs> Excellent. How are you gentlemen doing? I use that term loosely. Okay. Uh, gentlemen.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were saying doing. I was going to say, how do you use doing loosely? With quotation <laughs>
0: fingers? Yes, yes, yes. And if there was video, there could, people could see me making them.
2: I really don't know. want to know how Ian and Mac are doing. <laughs> <But> anyways.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, well, thank you. Good, good. And uh, so... We well, we had a big weekend this week, but first, of course, we we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep announcing this. Even, maybe even after it happens, we'll continue to announce it. But Skip the camp comes up next Saturday, the seventh. So if you're, you know, if you're, it, it's it's a lot of fun to come down there. And um, you, of course, speaking, you, speaking yours are the speaker log is completely full. So we're we're full up for the day. Um, of course, Rocky Mountain Paranormal, they'll be doing the. They'll be doing their uh, Punk the Paranormal. They they punk the paranormal group and they'll be talking oh, about that.
2: You read um, on Facebook saying they had so much stuff that they want to present to power to
0: yeah. so, And uh, and present. Ian, you're popping into the microphone. Are All right. Is that yeah. better? No. I just can't I know. You
1: know, if you're going to pop Ian, you have to lock too. So you know, right. we need to see you doing some hip hop.
0: Okay, so to
2: say once it pops.
0: Yes, all right. We're going to fit. We we are going to fix Ian's sound quality. I promise. I, it's in the works. The equipment is coming. So um so yeah so the Rocky Mountain Paranormal's got a bunch of stuff. I will be talking about the mechanics of astrology. Um, so it, it should be a good day. A lot of fun. And the nice thing we're all in one room. So if you come, you're not going to have to switch rooms or worry about, you know, um, going to see something, you know, during when, when something else you want to see is um, being presented. So we're all in one room. And it's all free. Yes. And with any luck, um, Center for Inquiry will be providing some snack and stuff like that. It is coming. So that is uh, – that's going. We had um, the uh, Inter- Independent Investigations Group of Colorado met this weekend, and uh, we had a good – we had a pretty good time, and – uh, Dr. Levy came and talked to us about why people believe, and I, I, I was, I actually was found this quite interesting. Ian, what did you think of the presentation? Um, you could tell
2: he had done it for. You know, oh I, yeah, I, but I, that's okay. Actually, yeah, I, I agree. okay. Um, I, I, think I would like was it it thought out, but um, good information, thoughts, um, evolution and how you know where the need for certain things come
0: from. Right. Well, so I. I thought his ultimate point was good. That yes. a lot of the reasons that people believe in these pseudosciences and everything is because it makes them feel good in some way. And by having a disconnect, you know, people who believe tend to be happier. That's what the statistics show. So then right. you've got the um you've got the people on that are kind of um not the norm. The, the 10% of us or so who are, are the people who have this disconnect and are really looking at things very rationally and we're kind of the protectors. So, to, you know, we're never going to stamp out these pseudosciences, but we'll but hopefully we can keep them from progressing too far and becoming dangerous. Yeah.
2: Well, and to uh, try and help protect people from making mistakes.
0: Right. So I don't know. Actually, do we
1: want to keep the pseudosciences from being dangerous? I mean, you know, Darwin saves. We should be making the pseudosciences more dangerous.
0: Anyway, but the most interesting thing though was there was a gentleman there who was not a skeptic wizard. the wizard uh. and so he uh you know he he was he was interesting um yeah. <laughs> i yeah it was uh he came out to eat with us afterwards and I I can't I couldn't shake the guy. <laughs> I kind of had to keep I, I had to move around, you know, to get away from him. And you know, so by doing that, though, I, I would dump him on somebody else, and then I'd feel bad, and I'd go back in. And so I kept moving back, you know, so that he was. Um, and you know, we we talked to him. We tried to explain stuff to him, and it was one of the most amazing things that nothing penetrates. And the guy is not stupid. He isn't. You know, um, you you couldn't sit down with him and call him stupid but rationality did not penetrate not, with this not quite gentleman. All
2: there different well way. he Let's might
0: see. i he might i i, I don't know i am not in a position to make a diagnosis by any means but certainly you went in circles with him and nothing yeah. penetrated you tried to explain something to him he he never got the pieces that you were trying to say cuz he he can i mean it was it was just circular speaking with a gentleman and it was interesting you know so he's right there you know and uh he's uh, you know, he he'd throw stuff at you. Well, you know, how do you explain that? And so we, you know, kind of go through it with him. You know, and he and he did the gish gallop with you. You know, as soon as you did, you know, you kind of explain one thing, he's on to the next, and he's on to the next. But then he rotates back to, to the same things again.
2: Yeah, and uh, we were trying to explain how the I I D caliber cal you tell what you're, that can be tested, can be verifiable, can actually have you know a set thing that okay, this can prove or the other.
0: Right, he did and then not he'd get say that.
2: Simply, okay, well, how about past lives? Yeah, and we're like can't prove past lives, no. one do no
0: well, you have to prove reincarnation first, and, and right. you know, the evidence but, for that is sorely lacking. It's, it's not that. Reincarnation. Yes.
1: Then the evaporated milk from dead milk. Yeah.
2: And we're like, well, a oh, yeah. how about a trance?
0: Um, what?
1: So... This guy just kind of wanted to have a power.
0: Yeah, well, he he had a lot of
1: powers. He just he just didn't really
0: have a specific. He does training for other psychics. He trains other people on how to be psychics. You know, and then he's like, you know, he wants to do card reading, tarot reading. But I can't guarantee a hundred percent. You know, it's like, well. right anybody you know, like, I, yeah <laughs> I think Mark Edwards you know and like I said I told him you know we'll call in an expert if that's what you want to do and see what has to be done to make these and then of course you know he moves on real quick so very interesting the, uh, it was, but,
2: but Matt according to his card he, he, uh, he do all
0: the oh yeah like, I've got his just, card right it. here so the wizard well,
1: actually you know cold readings to me that's kind of impressive I've tried to do cold reading with cold readings with tarot cards and I find that only you know down to a certain temperament actually when my fingers get too cold the cards go every see day.
2: this one I
0: yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we could start groaning before you said it. So he does tarot carding, psychic reading, past life reading, dream analysis, and channeling is what he does. And okay, I asked him, you know, so
1: not really anything that's not really anything that's provable, and not anything that's testable. No. and all. I, I got to say it all things that he pretty much could convince himself to do.
0: Well, and he yeah. has. He really. I mean, he's he is an anomaly hunter, right? He counts the hits and 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 you know dismisses the misses. He I mean, he he had a few hits here and there. I talked to this other guy. I was very accurate. But what about all the misses, right? You know, and they,
2: in the right crowd, he's probably impressed. Oh, I but imagine. Skeptics?
0: <laughs> yeah. Enough. All right, so that was fun. So we also we got an email from Mark Blake from uh, Athens, Greece, and um, and he had some very nice things to say to us. But the most important thing was that he was letting me know that I was not so clever as I may have thought about the whole um, pet uh, pet insurance thing. And of course, um, I got this from I I, I I knew about the idea from. Yeah, uh, well, did, we did. We yeah we, we covered it before. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. But he 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 called he, he and actually I mean he was he just wanted to let us know. I he wasn't really. Yeah, he found a website that. Um, yeah. What websites are that's doing? Oh, I'm sure it's the, the eternally earthbound pets.
1: <laughs> well, and according to the website, it looks like eternal earthbound pets is already covering Colorado. So yeah, they weren't what at the we're time though when I was looking at it. Is we're going to have to make Rapture insurance pets actually mandatory car insurance?
0: Yeah. yeah, but I it, it was at the time when I was actually looking at it, Colorado was not covered. Ah. So that's why I had thought, well, oh, that might be kind of interesting, but you know. I, I, I kind of question the ethics of it. Too long. I know, but I still I, guess. I still you know. On the other hand, you know, they are saying, "Listen, we are atheists. We do not believe it. We don't think the rapture is going to happen." But since you do, perhaps you should know take some take some insurance out. I'll oh, so. gladly it. Yeah, exactly. You That's, know,
1: we could actually get into the reptile list. On right, only covering dogs, cats, birds, rabbits, and small cages.
0: Right, so we could we could do reptiles and stuff yep. like that. So yes, so yeah, so but it was very nice of him to write us, and I think this is our first email from Athens, Greece. So yay, that was great. Okay.
1: Hey Brian, I've got the advertisement. Afraid you're going to leave your ser- your serpent behind with a group the good eating. Let us take care. Of them. <laughs> they don't cover California.
0: They don't. Well, there you go. You need some extra school money. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right there. So, uh, so yeah. So that yeah. So I I, I, I I am not that clever. It was already. It, somebody else had already. You know, made it up. It was not me. So moving on. Uh, I, I found the, this website uh, countdown to backpedaling, which is a res- so it, and it's at wecantknow.com. And I I liked it because it's it's in response to the we can know website. So they have a they have a counter on there to uh, to backpedaling to when the world doesn't end on May 21st. But the, there was a question as to what time zone this is being done in. D- does the ra- um, does the rapture happen at Greenwich Mean Time? Or or maybe maybe it's more of a maybe it's at sunset maybe maybe they're using the uh, um, the Jewish um, time system you know for the next day.
1: Well, and apparently be... after the rapture, we've only got five months you know for the rest of it in Israel's times.
0: Yeah, right. Is is it? Yeah, are they doing it Israel? So yeah, so I'm not sure about the time zone here, but it's got to be close enough, right? So when it doesn't happen, so yeah. So and this so this is put on by Ask an Atheist, and I guess they have a radio show which I'll have to, to check out. So that'll be in there. Our... Oh okay. And um uh Mike from Gimp crap uh, Gimp crack not crap Gimp crack. I'm sorry Mike. Anyway, he uh, uh he had some nice things to say about our podcast. Um, and when he met me at uh, Brazo the Gazer. Brazo. And uh and but in his new comic is pretty good. He uh making fun of uh Ann Coulter and you know her crack about how uh, radiation is good for us. It is pretty good. I think that's all of the announcements. Now we can move oh, on to science. Si- oh. Oh, yeah. oh I'm I did I skip it, didn't I? I? Did I? I'm did sorry. Okay.
2: Um I just put my my self published collection of my writing, um, titled My Delete of Godhood. It's um, available on Amazon in both print and Kindle. It has a really great cover by Mac, which I I, I hope is one of the selling point. It's covered, but um, I'm hoping that you'll read it, enjoy it. So you know, I'd love to support the people.
0: All right. Thank you. So there you go. Yeah, the cover is pretty cool. I thought it was pretty. cool. You good. know what? We need to put uh, the cover I'm in that we I, I, we need to put the cover in the show notes. Is there a cover with a title on everything? You can send me that we can put that into the podcast. Either. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. We'll we'll get that up on the site at some point. I'd like to add it to um, indeed to this uh, to these show notes, button.
1: Well, we could also set up a section that's for for non podcast art that's sort of related.
0: So. You gonna set it up? Yeah.
1: <laughs> assuming I assuming I know how to do it, but yeah,
0: <laughs> we'll we'll add it to the show notes. We, we we might do that later. We might have an others type of a. But it's one thing that I did do. I think I finally got everything back on the site. As far as the shows go, yeah, I've been, I I got all that up. And I also have a new um, uh, album art section for all the album art that Mac has made. So I I put that all up there so people can go and see bigger versions of that and just what we put in the show notes.
1: Yep, we're still missing about five pieces at this point. Right. And I'm getting those. Yep,
0: they are coming along. All right.
1: Plus, I've got to throw up the bonus calendar picture episode. There's there's an actual mini image calendar that I've got full size.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Very good. Are we ready to. Talk about superorganisms eating the Titanic.
1: I'm ready to talk about superorganisms the Titanic.
0: Okay, good.
1: Um, I found this article. I believe I found it on uh, Aaron Williams' nod blog because I get a lot of stuff. because he puts up some very cool links. But essentially, what's going on here at the Titanic is being eaten by a, like an industrial complex of microorganisms that are actually in collude each other. They're actually cooperating, and they are eating the metal bit by bit, they're creating what they call rustic, which is essentially similar to stalactites or stalagmites, but made out of rust rusted metal instead of made out of stone um, they look like thirty icicles. But they think that they think that they're communicating by scent and and also possibly
0: electrics. So now, this was not something new. We knew that there were organisms eating the metal. What is no. new what's interesting here is the fact that they're working together to break right. it down. Okay.
1: And I think that uh, I think that's actually just amazing. Um among the bacteria feasting on the Titanic, there was a brand new member of the salt-loving Hal- Hal- Halomonas genus. So it's actually a new organism that they haven't discovered. Okay, that's one Well,
2: that, that's one thing that brings out That's true. We don't eat all the land. No. Yeah. And but it, what, it, excites me,
1: what excites me, though, is that this may actually be a, a newly evolved organism specifically for this environment. And... I don't know. I just think that's kind of cool. Oh
2: yeah, yeah it's not quite some really mean stuff to it.
0: You know, there's no reason to think that that isn't the case. I mean, we've seen bacteria evolve to eat citrate, so why not evolve to break down the metals of the titan It, it does kind of follow with what we've seen in other places. That is pretty cool.
1: Yep. And they're now also, just as part of this article, um, they're also using high-pressure high, uh, high pressure submersibles now to actually be able to get down, not just be able to watch. But they're actually using manned submersibles.
0: Well, yeah, these are the same kind of things that they're going to use in the Mariana Trenches, I believe, because we have manned submersibles that are going to be going down there as well. So that's very cool.
1: And these are capable going down to 6,000 meters, which is almost, well, it's over 2,000 meters lower than the Titanic is located. So.
0: There you go. See? That'd be awesome. All right, so let's – so moving on. This is a – okay, so this is pretty good. Introduction to engrams. Yeah. So so tell me about the again.
2: Oh, um, well, it's yet another one. In this case, they have a personality chart that's broken to nine personality types. However – whatever type must be the type. Yet later on, it talks about how back between the type.
0: Okay so, but, and- okay, so what I want you to do, though, is I want you to tell me what an engram is.
1: Yes, and, and is this Enneagram or Enneagram? And if it's I, an Enneagram, enneagram yeah, what does it have to do with the C N, the singer?
0: You're trying I too hard saying? tonight, Mac. You are trying way too I hard. <laughs>
2: uh, well, actually, my readings I found is actually too complicated than a horoscope.
0: No, it didn't. Really? I, I completely disagree. But continue. Well, uh, oh, yeah, but Brian,
1: you've done horoscopes. so... Well, yeah,
0: but uh, but uh, that's an it's an interesting point, Ian, and maybe I'll address that later. But first, tell me what an engram is. Um. Because I didn't get it from reading this. This was very technical, but oh, and maybe it's on the site, and I didn't dig enough, and I was hoping yeah, that enough. you did because it's like a I don't. Star of David open in the bottom. What's that?
2: It's like a Star of David that's open in the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. Uh, well, yes, that's the chart. Chart is basically like that, and the Enneagram is apparently um. This chart, this setup, and it is utilizing your perky type to figure things out. Very similar to how the horoscopes were. Okay, this is my perky type, so by, by going off of that, I know how I'm going to react to the other person. type.
0: Okay, it's it's the same kind of thing. But I, I the thing I know with astrology and doing a horoscope is I know my starting. Point. I know why people are Aries. I know why people are Taurus. Uh, I I know why their moon is in the third house in Gemini. Okay, I I I understand how. They how okay. they got there. What I don't understand here is how do I pick an engram? Is is it by date, That's, or do I just go through and feel it out and decide? Oh, this is me today, uh, or it is it numerology?
1: Um, um, it's it says here, if taken properly, our questionnaire, the husband Hudson Engram Type Indicator, will it will identify your basic personality type view. So essentially, this is all based upon questionnaire. Okay, and assume that you missed.
0: So that so that so it is kind of more. Um. What do I want to say? It's more flexible than than say numerology or astrology because in well, numerology,
2: it says right off the bat, um, you do not change one basic personality type to another. Once you take quiz, okay, you're that type. That's how that that's what it now means. But what if I take the quiz
0: tomorrow and I'm feeling different? Then it comes no, out no, no. different. you do not
2: change one basic personality type to another. See, this and is that, that's right. What yeah. if
1: I take the quiz again and I just lie?
2: <laughs> you just can't hit same problem. anything you change day day. You know, it's you, you very at, subjective. Yeah, you look at all the personality you hit sooner or later at some point depending on what's going on with your life. And I, I've always found this stuff interesting. Okay, because I am a challenge. Okay, so for the whole rest of my life, I'm self-confident, I'm decisive, I'm willful, and I'm co- confrontational. Even on days where I feel crappy or like hiding because things are the way I want them to. You know, there are days when the most self-confident person did not be self-confident. Say, hey, you know what? I'm hiding out in my house. I don't deal with people. I don't want to confront it just because they...
0: All right. So to me, going through this... I, I, I didn't I, – to me, it felt much more um, – it felt much looser than astrology or numerology because of, because of the way that they identify the anchor. See, with, with numerology, you, you, you put down your, uh, uh, your birth date, right? And then you add up the numbers, um, and you get your master number. And this is the number that you are. Like if I do mine, I'm an eight. So eight is my master number. But with this you you you're answering um a personality test essentially, right? And what we know yeah, about I... per personality tests is that their accuracy is extremely variable. Anyway, right. right? Hey,
1: Brian, I did just answer the question though as to why you take the test. Okay. You got to drop a Hamilton this one. This test to... is 10 bucks.
0: Oh. oh. So
1: I'm only taking it once if I take it. At okay. Once. I'm just going to take the IJ. or I might just yeah. I may just spend that test I may just spend the money for the test on two trips with the archers instead.
0: Well, can I get it? Can I do a practice test first and uh Yeah, they have a sample. All right. And can and can I study for this test? <laughs>
2: No, see, I've been uh, – here's the first question. I've been – you have choices choice of choice, romantic, imaginative, or pragmatic, down to – which I've been both. Okay. I have been to take the counter-taste and taste That's second. Like, I've been to take – I've been diplomatic, charm, and big – ambitious, sorry, Not nine, diplomatic, no. Direct, no, not the Direct, formal, and idealistic. There you go. Number four, I have – the first spontaneous It's like every single one of those, I can pick one, I have both so far. And then uh, you know I'm betting all of them, okay, which one are
0: likely take. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. here's here's the thing. Okay, so uh, if you look at typical astrology where people are just looking at the sun sign, this is more complex. But you got to remember with astrology, it I, it builds up in layers. The the first thing you do is you have this chart that has 12 houses. And then you go. You, then you figure out your the the date of your birth, the time of your birth, and the long latitude and longitude of your birth. And all of those things go into setting up the chart and identifying which which aspects rule which house, where you where each planet is going to be in the chart. And then then each planet is ruled. You know each planet has aspects, and then it's ruled by a different sign. And and so it so it that energy. Um. You know, it's basically you you look at it as the planet energy going through a lens. Right, and so those come into play, and then you have all the different connections. Much like what they're talking here, where where the different planets will square and trine, and so it gets very complicated. There's like seven layers, and then once once you figure that chart out, there's um, the you know you have that's your natal chart, and then you have a a transit chart and a progressive chart. So astrology is very complicated. I would say even probably even a little more complicated than this. Okay. But it's the same kinds of ideas where you're looking at the relationships yeah. between the numbers and everything. And numerology is very similar. Once again, where you're looking at how eights relate to six and five. So same, same basic principles here. I thought maybe this was some sort of numerology at first.
1: Well, they say to use numbers because it's more value uh, neutral, and then giving them names they probably give them right so
0: the peacemaker, the helper. Yeah. So there you go.
1: I noticed that they give the names. None of the names in there are actually. You wouldn't want to be. There's right. nothing there that yeah. you know. You know you don't have something in there like the skeevy guy, or,
0: right? And that's you know, yeah. That's one of the things they said as you were going through here is that um, that no one, no number is better than another. It has nothing to do the, with the value of the number. So higher is not better than lower. Lower is not better than higher. Apparel
2: and Skept is opposite to being sentiment. Definitely
0: it is. Okay. Hey, Ian, did you take the
1: test, or did you take I'm the sample right test?
0: Now. Okay. All right. I am,
1: too. So we're going to find out what we are in oh, Enneagram okay. t- types here. Um, I think I'd be a five.
0: You'd be a five?
1: Eric, five is alive.
0: The <laughs> investigator? Okay. All right. uh, I'm probably an eight. Okay.
1: Well, we're going to find out. Ian and I are both will find out.
0: Okay, good. Let's see. This makes for great radio. All right, score test. All right. All right.
2: Okay, scoring. All right. I am. What the hell am I? Okay, I got five and type one and type two, three and type four, type four, type five, five for type, two for two for type. Two, for type. <laughs> so I have
0: no idea what the hell I am. Okay, Ian. You know, I, I am-
1: I've got I've got different types in there also, and I'm sitting here going. So they've just complicated this with yet another level. Yep. And I'm thinking I'm going to. I'm thinking I'm actually going to try and look for a different tests online, something like which Doctor or which Transformer. Okay. See, this is only indicative of what you might be to $10 a or again, a definitive answer. Oh. Yep. Yes, yes. I, 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 okay. Eight, I'm a 3.1415 now.
0: Okay. All right, guys. Wow. So this has been entertaining. Do we have anything more to say about your engram?
2: No. I, I'm... i In the end, I still have no idea how the hell I am.
0: Neither do we. I so
1: do do we think, do? think we are performing post-mortem large veterinary this week.
0: All right. What number do we think Doctor Oz is? Yes, the um, is there which which one is douchebag? <laughs> okay, so you know, I've caught the Doctor Oz show very few times, but okay. Well, did you watch this the with Stephen Novella? No,
2: I, I read the article. I actually watched the article. Okay.
0: okay, that's fine. Um, I did both. So, um, actually, if you if you want a more detailed analysis of this, the place you need to go is is check out the um, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast, Steve Novella's podcast. But
1: you know, my parents really liked this doctor. Of course, they like Philip one. Yeah, but they liked Doctor Oz and. I don't know. The couple times I caught him, he seemed like he was actually relatively down to earth. But
0: no, 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 no. Not well, according
1: to not according to what I'm seeing here. At least. Okay,
0: so this has been one of the complaints about Doctor Oz that Steve Novella's had. Um, that he he's never really planted his flag anywhere. You know, he he always kind of lets the guests talk. But this time he made a clear. Uh, you know, he like Steve Novella said, he clearly planted his flag. In Wooville. He he put his foot into the alternative medicine, into the CAM community, and he he very much says that he uses these things in his um, in his practices, and he he comes on there, and the whole way that he set up the the interview was that these these medicines are. Um, viable, and they work, and there's just a few holdouts. So he, he, he tried to reverse it and make it look like the CAM people were the majority, and that there was just these few holdouts, and that Steve Novella was one of these holdouts. When the opposite is actually true, that most doctors are into scientific medicine, and CAM is a, you know is on the outside, it's on the fringe, but he tried to structure the conversation and make it look like it came, was coming from the other side. So he was structuring the, the conversation right from the start.
1: He's making it look like most people believe in alternative medicine and there's a few you know skeptic cynics out there who don't know what's good for him. Exactly
0: and so that was exactly what was done here. So if you um, if you watch the uh, if you watch this he's he's very good at you know he he way he phrases questions and stuff like that he really you know was putting Steve on the trying to get him on the defensive I think is what was going on here and Steve you know his plan was just to stay calm and be rational. And I think he did that quite well. But overall, you couldn't call this a win for science-based medicine because of the way that the conversation was framed right from the start. They, The only time that Steve really is able to get the upper hand is when we're talking about acupuncture. And because he said, you know, he's looked at the literature and, you know, the, it's no better than placebo. So why aren't we just twirling toothpicks on people? And in fact, it's safer because there's no risk of infection that, you know, we, we've seen infections from from uh, acupuncture need. And I don't know Plus if, he, if those
1: toothpicks are made out of maple antibacterial. there you go
0: and so that was the only time and you know and Dr. Oz says, well, I feel like you're being dismissive of you know of acupuncture and he says no I have'm I'm, I'm telling you I have read the literature. He says if it worked, it would be fine, but it doesn't. I've gone through the literature and there's no scientific evidence to show that it worked to which Dr. Oz's response was, well, science just doesn't know how to test acupuncture. And it, it's crazy to me because it, it, in um, that's one of the things that the wizard said to me this weekend about um, – was it acupuncture or was it something else? It was something else that science just didn't know how to test him. Was it, uh, um, it positive might have, thinking? Yeah, it, it might have it, it might been so positive far? thinking or it might have even been faith healing because he's a faith healer too. And, and I have the same response to him, and actually it comes up in one of my one of my other articles as well. The idea that we can't test these things for positive effects is absolutely fallacious. It is special pleading, and it is bullshit. If there is positive effects from acupuncture, we can test for those. We may not know the mechanism by what it works. Maybe we can't figure that out, but if it has a positive effect, we can test for that. And we can know if these things work. And we know that there is no no positive outcome from them but this idea that science just doesn't know how to test it is absolutely fallacious because we do know how to test the results we know that when we give somebody penicillin that there is a positive reaction and it clears up strep or whatever or whatever the infection we can see the positive effects we know how to test it. do we know exactly how it does it maybe maybe not but
1: well no we do know we do know how pills uh, uh, that's not my point you're missing my point Okay.
0: You're my my point is is that is it important that we? It is nice to know how it works. And you're right. We do know how penicillin works. It's been around long enough. It's been studied. But my point is is that before we knew how we before we knew how it worked, we knew that it worked, and we could see positive effects from it. Does that make sense?
1: It makes absolute sense. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and to finish my statement, okay. just in case anybody's wondering how penicillin works. Okay. Penicillin works by being a poison that's more poisonous to the bacteria than it is to you. Right. That's that's all it is, pure and simple antibiotic means
0: that it kills the thing. Right. I was just looking for something, you know, that right. was no, simple, and, yeah. So, so overall, I, I I you know, it's good that he went and did it, but we can't really, I mean, we skeptics watching this, you know, we see this and we see something completely different than a believer sees, I think, when they watch these. Yeah. Right? If somebody is believes in it that well, that he's just a naysayer, they're going to disregard the fact that he says, look, I have looked at the evidence. It has been tested. They're going to hear Dr. Oz saying science doesn't know how to test it. And that's, and that's going to be the takeaway from this stuff. And it's absolutely irritating.
1: Well, let's not forget that the same woman who birthed Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, and, and frankly, she's... A big w- herself. Yeah, well. She's strange, one strange. of all the woos down in Wuville.
0: Right. So, he, and so, Dr. Novella has made, um has told Dr. Oz, through his producer, and publicly on his blog, that he is, you know, when, that he, Dr. Oz, is welcome on the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe to continue this conversation in an unedited format. Ah. Okay, so one of the things that, that you know, and Steve Novella said that, that it was pretty good, that they didn't over-edit it. But one thing that you notice is that they took one head nod and they continue to replay it as dr Oz was was speaking they would go back to <laughs> to, to, to the one head nod it, it so it's like so they, they had one head nod that they keep replaying as dr oz was speaking now and to me
1: head nod one head nod could be the guy not
0: right but to me it looked like it would look more like okay he's listening and he's hearing what he has to say but just so to a believer it probably looks like he's agreeing with dr oz right, right when he is not Right. So they, that's why they continually use the same head nod. Um, so and that's probably not a huge point, but, you know, it goes to how they stack the deck. All right. Want to talk about dubious chiropractors? Sure. OK. Want to narrow that down a little bit? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> These specific chiropractors were claiming to be endocrinolo- end- endocrinologists. endocrinologists, which I'm, I have to admit I have not looked that up. I kept meaning to, but I think it's a thyroid specialist. Is that correct?
1: An endocrinologist is any, any body enzyme, any okay. of the glands, use enzymes. Okay, so, so an endocrinologist not- would be who you would see for um, thyroid issues. It would be would see for diabetes. It would be anybody you see for any any type of illness. And the chiropractor's is not directly claimed to be it. They just put it in the name of the company.
0: Right. And they make a claim that they're talking about functional endocrinology. So what, the, what these people were doing is they're setting themselves up as, as this front, um, to, and they have this program that they want to sell to other doctors. But when you go and look at their site, they they had they had endocrinology on there, but none of them were actual endocrinology. And so they had a woman that went into them, and she had a lump on her neck, and the guy tells her that um, it's probably nothing, and we'll just get you onto a healthy diet. And he so she finally gets a specialist, and they you know quickly find out that it's cancer. So this man who doesn't claim he claims not to be a um, a medical professional he's um you know he's not claiming to be a, a doctor gives this gives us advice to this woman that was absolutely incorrect and potentially dangerous if she believed him yeah. so yeah so that's how so she called um general 7 and, and that's how they they started to um to look into this so uh, it's an interesting video um that you can go and watch, and
2: and that—that's the danger of woo. You know, if, if you leave that over the common sense, you're going to put yourself in more harm.
0: See, but I don't think this is a danger in woo so much. Is this is this is you know?
2: But it's the same type of thing. Let's see, look for an easy answer to begin with. someone said, "Oh well." Well,
0: you know, no, that's not what this woman change, was looking for. She was looking for. Your, she looked yeah, for a specialist. Okay. That's not a, what happened she here. it
2: was a specialist. And, but yeah. What they told her was basically, woo. "Oh well, if you take it, die, right. it, you find." The
0: what they were peddling and what she was looking for were two very different things. here. Well, Right.
2: Okay, you're right there. She wasn't looking, but she right. found the
0: one. Well, she did, and but she luckily had a doctor who was trying to get her into a specialist, um, and right. she luckily did. Otherwise – And they was, found out that it was cancer. Right.
2: You need something more than your diet to fix it.
0: Right. But if but, you know, something
2: that just wants to sell something, uh, um, the diet, that's all you need. So right. Better diet, you fine.
0: Right, but the way that they're peddling this to other doctors is there is the ad is get more sick people, not help more sick people. Get more sick people into your practice. Wow, I mean, these people are—I mean—deceptive, and just the way that they're going about things is just—it's just wrong. You know, medical professionals.
1: Well, they're also telling them that that some of their medicines that are being prescribed cause other disorders. Right. They they were told a thyroid medicine promotes diabetes. Yes. They were told that um, they also can develop multiple sclerosis. It's—it's amazing.
0: Right.
2: I, um, I, I tested some of that, and um, Sarah's been on um, thyroid for a while. And in her case, it um, promoted um, pregnancy. So every single <laughs> time they ever got her thyroid balanced, we had a kid.
0: All right, but it talk didn't about cause right, but it doesn't cause. Co- <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cause diabetes, and it doesn't cause multiple sclerosis. And they talked to another doctor, and he says, "Listen, we don't know the cause of multiple scler- sclerosis." And they asked him, "Where did you come up with this?" Today, he says, "Well, from reading the literature." And then they asked him specifically, well, where did, what literature? And he said well, he'd send it to him and he never did. So there's a lot of dishonesty going here. But here's the bigger point here, the, the takeaway I have from this. When you go to see a doctor, how do you know that they have a medical license? How do you know that they are licensed to practice medicine? I don't. in. I don't check it out, right? I'm when I, I'm trusting when I call a doctor's office that whoever's running that has a certain amount of integrity and that they have checked out their.
1: That's a good. point. I mean, sometimes when you go to a doctor's office, they've got their they've got their information up on the wall. They've got their diploma from medical school. They've got their. You know, they've got their board certifications so up on the wall, but not every time.
0: How do I know it's real? And if it's
1: a small, and if it's a small clinic, they may not go into the same office every time. They'll go into a waiting. Room. Does it have a signature? Into a,
0: Does it have I'm a raised sorry. seal? What? Does it have a signature and a raised seal?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. I
0: don't know. And, it, and who raised this? Exactly, user's. who raised that seal? You know, so I don't know, you know, it comes down to the patient ultimately responsible, whether it's fair or not, to be sure that they're actually seeing a medical professional that they believe that they're seeing, or right, is this person actually a specialist in what they're saying? It's a, it's a lot That's of a, extra work for somebody who's you know who's going into you know for a sniffle. That's
1: a sobering question.
0: Yeah. So that was kind of my takeaway from this was wow, how do I know that my doctor is actually a doctor? I, I guess I don't. I'm trusting. I'm putting trust into a facility but not necessarily into a person. You know he's
1: a real doctor. If he describes homeopaths, it's a credible health
0: Yes, you do know, <laughs> right? So this next article, thank you, Eric, is a response to an article that I read last week in um, asking doctors to stop pre- prescribing homeopathic remedies and sending people to homeopath. And this is once again coming out of New Zealand. And so these people are talking – so they, they talk about how it is a credible thing, and so they, they talk about how um, homeopathy has been widely accepted in the, in the United Kingdom since the 19th century. Wow, right? The 19th century. Uh-huh. Well, it's about 200 years old.
1: Appeal to, appeal to antiquity.
0: Exactly, appeal to antiquity. Um, they talk about the six hospitals that that were established right so so they so they have hospitals, okay so because it's old and because there's homeopathic hospitals you trust them. and then the other thing is uh the New Zealand homeopathic Society estimates that more than five million people worldwide use homeopathic medicine on their sole and main therapy agent so so now they're saying so so appeal to popularity.
2: Now, what, uh, what was seven on average 70 a piece report positive health changes right
0: report positive health changes yes. once again this is self-reporting right, right.
1: Yeah, and that is that is wiggle language if I heard it
0: exactly. Yeah. So this whole article that is here, it goes that those they they make all these fallacious arguments to say that that it's good because it's because it's old. There's hospitals that do it. It's popular because lots of people are using it, and seventy percent of people report positive effects from it.
2: Now, then of course there are ways to show otherwise. In contrast the New Zealand Medical Journal report that one to nineteen deaths per one thousand, less one percent. That's about 1% of one percent right? of anyway, 1%, right? Ten percent. Anyways, less one percent of people admitted to the hospital occurred due to hospital mistreatment. So less than 1% of deaths occur from hospital I'm not sure how you compare that to the homeopathy because the homeopathy thing isn't, per, it, you know, said nothing about um, severe, you know, stuff at PB hospital. Right. So that, that's one of those comparisons like, well, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about walking on the beat and then compare it to how, what happens to you walk in the mountain. Right. Like, no, so, like- yeah.
0: Now, in in this article, they say that scientists had trouble testing homeopathic medicine because – it's really supposed to be individualized, so so there's no so science can't test it. Okay, once again, I'm going to call bullshit because uh,
2: we're
1: talking about individualized medicine that's sold well in stores in mass.
0: But they're saying they're saying that that's not how homeopathy is supposed to be done. Oh, yeah, and so they're they're saying that the homeopathy you're getting over the counter doesn't wor- actually work. What you really have to do is go get a personalized medicine. Well, okay, so let's take people. Let's set up a control group and let's set up a people. Let's choose something that we can test for actual. You know, do they get better? And I think maybe arthritis would be a good one. You know, do people get better with arthritis? Or choose something that you know that people you choose something that you can measure, right?
1: What do you put in? What do you put in a, a homeopathic
2: medicine?
0: Well, uh, but if see, it's individualized. I, I don't, you know,
2: by doing visualized it
0: charges you a whole lot more. Well, that's true too, but uh, but yes. my point is, is that okay? We can set up a test group, and and we can say, okay, let's get a hundred people, or, or or bigger if you can, right? The bigger the better. Who all have this one same thing? We'll split them up, will and we'll give you know, and once again, we'll do you know, the we'll give some people placebo and some people you know the actual medicine, and it'll be, but they'll get their personal medicine. So we'll have the doctor make a prescription for every single person that they see. Right, and then and then, but behind the scenes, whether they get the the personalized one or the placebo will be randomized somehow.
2: Well, you, what you do is you run medicine, um, that seems homeopathic fair. medicine, and a placebo, and right. you see whether or not the um homeo- homeopathic medicine does better than the.
0: Okay, but my point in in going through this, and perhaps my my um my protocol is not perfect. I'm not saying that it is, but a protocol can be built to test this. Yeah. So once again, right. bullshit. What
1: I would what I would do in that protocol that you're describing is I would actually put placebo in with the medical group and with the and with the homeopathic. Yeah, group. you'd want to do yeah. So you, each group yeah. each group can get a good placebo.
2: Well, you probably don't tell. Me- at the beginning, you know, right, I say, Okay, you're, you're gonna get one of these three, you're either gonna get a homeopathic one or a real medicine. Or, a or a placebo.
0: placebo. Yeah, I, you
2: you won't know which one. You will tell us if you feel um you're getting better.
0: Okay, so when we we, so we, we can hammer out a protocol. Whatever. But the point is, is that if we if if us laymen can sit down and kind of develop a protocol, I bet some some scientists and some and some medical doctors and some homeopaths can sit down and do an even better protocol to test individualized okay. personal care with homeopathy.
2: And they probably have, but the tests that oh, this guy doesn't want to acknowledge. Well,
0: and that happens a lot, right? They do a lot of cherry picking in the literature, and they look for stuff that that tests that were, you know, when we look at these ones that they claim are good, usually the methodologies are horrible, and and you really can't get anything from them. So, all right.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, we're gonna be on the.
0: Oh, yeah. More homeopathy. More yes. Homeopathy. Homeopathy. Yeah.
1: Brower Natural Medicine. Yay. That work children.
2: So this was for me by my father, Howard. Um. Uh, the the initial thing is called "This Is Low." Um. Um. Written by P. Myers. Yes. Who?
0: It's PZ Myers is is, is, is is this this he's awesome. If you haven't if you're not reading the Ferengula blog, you're doing yourself a disfavor. He he's he's a he's a biologist. I mean he he, he goes off on uh, um on a lot of the nonsense that's out there. So he's he's excellent.
2: So what he found was this medicine um, by Rauer for colic. Cream. It's a homeopathic colic medicine. And his main thing he's going off of is, wait a moment. These kids could have real problems. And you're putting the cute little baby on there, you know, happy little baby. And you're selling a homeopathic medicine, medicine that does nothing to people who's on their kids. Right. And, and he's talking about how messed up that is. It's like, no, you know, of all the levels too, to be trying to sell medicine to kids were... It's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to make them better, but the parents who are into the homeopathic lifestyle are going to love it, and it's just sad that the market has gone to
0: this. Yeah, so and so looking the whole- at the ingredients, and it's pretty interesting because they mix three different types of dilution, um, or maybe it's the two. They mix the X and C dilution, and of course, X the X dilutions are, are 1 to 9, and the C dilutions are 1 to 99. So there's a mix of uh, different homeopathic per- preparations that go into that. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Okay, well, so, so then the next article, um, there's nothing in Brewer Natural Medicine for Children. It goes into more detail about, uh, you know, what it, what's in them, what they do and how, you know. Messed up it is, and that's where Brian got the um. Brian,
0: right, yeah, they're on here. They're they're down on. a little lower. Yeah. The first ones are all C dilutions, but there's some stuff with X solution But some of these are pretty light. I mean, a three X yeah. solution there could potentially be um, you know, something left in there with three X dilution. They they're not fully homeopathic, as far as I'm concerned. The
2: colic one they got
1: thirty C. C.
0: Right now, thirty C is awesome because you could you that's could three thousand. Right. No,
1: it's one hundred to the power thirty. Right. That is intestinal.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, to find one molecule of the original ingredient, it would be more water than surrounds our planet to find one molecule left in there. And you have better odds of winning the lottery five times in a row than finding a molecule of the original substance.
2: So, you know, basically the, the, the idea is how messed up it's getting that company are advertising remedies for children to the homeopathic lifestyle. Uh, instead of you know, once more making parents go for the woo instead of the effective stuff that might actually help
0: the kid. You know, the problem is is that you cannot convince people that these things don't work. It doesn't matter what what science throw at them. And as skeptics, I think, yeah. we, and we forget this we forget that it's not the science that's going to win the day. It's just it's just not going to do it. it. No,
2: and that was one thing we talked about at the IIG. You know, that was what yeah. he got into. That you that go get get hooked into. You know, 90% of the are going to whatever. They're not going to really think about much because it's a, um evolutionary social skill in order to um, work with the herd and to, you know, basically function. Right. While you have the, um, the 10% that can think beyond that, that, you know, that we are. We're, we're the mutants, by the way. We,
0: we are the, mutants. Yes, we are the, the mutants. mutants. yes, can we're the mutants. Yes, we What's that? Can I be Wolverine? Uh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Only if you get your proper radiation, though, buddy. Sorry, no. continue so, yeah that's one of the things that, yeah. that we, we have a disconnect between our emotions and rationality where where more people have a more stronger connection between their emotions and you know and their rationality and they, they feel good about believing these things you know because they're, they're they feel like they're helping their kids it's less harmful than giving them other drugs and they don't really check to see whether they work or not you know and and even when you tell them that they don't yeah, it They'll doesn't penetrate justification yeah yeah so tell me quickly about uh, Ricky Gervais and why I'm a good christian
2: okay well this one basically is, is you know
0: satire or, or,
2: yeah satire or a comic review the episode but um, Ricky Gervais in um, this thing on why I'm a christian He's so he's going to be an atheist but then he goes through the 10 commandments and points out how he follows all of them and the one I um, I've a couple more interesting ones to look at was um, the, the, the one about um, taking the Lord's name in vain. I think that's my favorite one because he talks about what it actually the Lord's name in vain. He's saying it's not cursing. It's taking the name in vanity.
0: Right, that's true. Yes, it's taking it in vanity, not in and, vain.
2: And so his example is would your enemies hurt or you saying say that's God's um, wrath or would win an award saying thank God? That is in, vain. in Oh advantage. wow!
1: Yeah. It's a so, definite. in other words, our buddies, the Westboro Baptist Church, yes. have have done uh, this and this claim to God, you know God's will.
2: Yeah, and so it, you know, you curse all you want, but that that's not in vain. That's a whole different thing. So, I, th- I think that was my favorite one out of all of these. Did because you're looking at it, it's like, okay. <laughs> You see a lot of doing that you know, oh I I'm great Christian and stuff yet. Oh thank God for this, thank God he let me win, you know, we beat the other team, you know, because of our blue god and stuff like that. That actually um defining them saying God right. is Right, that's closer
0: that to being bane. Fun. So anyway, so it's there for people to go look at. It's it's funny and it's worth taking yeah. a look.
2: It's actually
1: pretty good. It's yeah. thought yeah. Yeah, and thought provoking. And I gotta say, Ricky's gotten Yeah, he has <laughs>
0: Yeah Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: you get a feeling it might be a little, a little Photoshop. Bit photoshopped. Photoshop yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so we're going to move on, and we're going to, um, once again, try to talk about bullying. And, yes, uh, the
1: long-awaited <laughs> information yeah. on bullying.
0: Right, yeah, so... We were supposed to do it two podcasts ago, well, and we, we didn't
2: have time. Well,
0: we lost it, yeah. So, anyway, so, so no,
1: originally, originally it was two podcasts ago, yeah. like Ian said, and we cut it at that point to get more information, and because we're running long, and then it was supposed to be last podcast, and part of the recording popped. Right. So, it was mentioned in the recording, and it never actually
0: happened. Right, so anyway, so we're going to go ahead here and... Uh, and, you know, at first when, when you put this subject in, I'm like, how does this really apply? And then I watched all these videos and everything. And I'm like, well, whether it applied or not to, you know, to what we do, it's such an important topic that it should really be talked about. And then again, once again, it does really apply to what we're to what we're ta- the kinds of things that we talk about anyway. So, uh, Mac, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me a little bit about Casey Hines. Okay. Hines?
1: Well, first of all, I know that the bullying topic applies to us.
0: Absolutely, you're we've right.
1: All, we've all experienced it, and it's not exactly a subject you know, it's not exactly geared to any of us, the bullies. No. But as far as Casey Haynes goes, um, first of all, this is something that got picked up about a month ago and went viral in the U.S. Uh, this video, and it, and it went viral because it's the same thing. People who've been bullied see this kid apparently in the video, pick up the guy who's bullying, who's a smaller kid. The small kid is hitting him in the stomach. Case. And he picks this kid up and he slams a concrete, at which point the young, the smaller kid who was the bully retreats. Now, this has been picked up about two, a month ago or so and gone viral in the U.S., but this happened in Australia about two years ago plus. Wow. And it just got picked up now. Um, and there's enough information in this to make me wonder if what we see in the video is actually the story.
0: Well, why was it being filmed?
1: That's a very good question. It looks like it was probably being filmed on a cell phone. But as far as far as why it was being filmed in place, that's a very good question. Nobody's really gone into why it was what you see in the video is you see this smaller kid walk up and punch Casey in the and Never a well he punches once, Casey blocks a second one, then he punches several more times, and then Casey finally picks him up and body slam. Now the mother of the kid who the bully, uh, Richard Gale, the mother said that Here, kid was doing the thing, and he deserved one, which I thought was kind of it. But when you listen to the interview with Rich Gale, he's talking about, well, you know, what you see there isn't really what isn't really representative on. He says that this is something that they did, play fighting and screw around. So, um, and that Casey had actually been verbally harassing him. He came up, punched. So there's uh, there's questions. There's questions.
0: Certainly, in the in the film, it looks like Casey is. You know, trying to defend himself and really kind of just trying to get away from it. Right. And then he just, he's a, well, it looks like he just snaps, picks the guy up and slams down.
1: Yeah. yeah. And obviously it's going to be an attractive thing to watch, particularly to anybody who is being bullied or has been bullied. It's like, oh, my heart swelled three sizes.
0: Right. So, yeah, but I, I, I my first question, why is the film? And then, good, then, why, how does he get the film to go home and show his dad? You know, his dad talked about he came home and he saw the film. So what – I don't know. There's there's a piece missing there I don't understand. But, there's some big pieces missing. Yeah, so so that's that situation. But So now they put in this Dateline uh, NBC story, and this I thought was really good. I, I like the way that they set this up. So tell me oh, a little it was, bit about it. It's it brilliant.
1: It was brilliant. Oh, um, yeah. I watched this Dateline story on NBC, and essentially what they did was they took – Two or three kids. girls and put them – yeah, girl, teenage girls I, and put them – It was not normally groups of three, I thought, or four.
2: It was
0: three girls. It was always less. three girls, and then it was three actresses.
1: Right. I think it was three actresses and the girls. Right. And two of the actresses were bullying a third actress. And they had the parents watching this to see if, you know, kids were – to see if their kids could be induced to bully this actress that the other girls were bullying. That and the, the kids didn't know why were they were
2: the, – the, the parents, however, did, and they were on um, the back and watched
0: Right.
1: Then they performed the experiment with some boys, and, and it was interesting how they managed to induce some of the bullying. In one case, they actually had the coach bullying the bully to right. to see if they could get the kids to bully also.
2: Yeah. Well, basically, I love the,
1: different... yeah. the one mom on there, though, who said their kid wouldn't bully, and her kid stands up, and she's like, that's right, that's me, yeah. that's my kid. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, basically, what they they, did, well, they altered the circumstances. Time they they first start off with um, just let the actor actors act go and the bullet. Then they would change the next would put out something change with the girls the first time. What was the change? Oh, I can't remember what the teams they, they didn't change the show the effect well, the first of them, time
1: uh, the first time they had an actress who was a relatively nodi I know that they changed over for a girl who was a little heavy
2: well that was the, the later experiment what, what they did like I said the first time they would just do a basic bullying see how the kids react they get a new set of kids in and they would change one aspect to see how that aspect altered bullying oh they, they one of the was, uh, the bullies were friendly with um. Yes, the, uh, I was
1: going to say uh, the bullies were giving positive reinforcement to the girls that were not their bullying victims. Right. Yeah, uh, they, that was the boys. Yeah, yeah. The they
2: were saying, the "You know, on you look cool." Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, they did. Do the first it. time it okay.
2: wasn't as much one on so one. The second time, the actors okay, befriend them, come nice to them, and stuff. And what happened was they were being friended suddenly they were more like bully because oh well, this girl's cool. I'll follow the uh, I'll follow along. With
0: these yeah, you know, but it was the situations were interesting because. They were artificial enough that you know the three girls that came in that were not part of it, generally, and you saw this with the boys too, the, the, the first thing that happened is that the other kids would get quiet and uncomfortable. And then finally, you'd usually have one that would stand up and say something, and then the other ones would rally, would rally around.
2: Right. right. Well, most times, yeah. Right. Uh, there was one instance might, where it
0: didn't, and that right. was the instance where they specifically had the adult come in and right. tell the guy to man up. And that in that made situation, a huge right, that made a huge difference because now, now the the coach has set the tone, and it made a huge difference on on the way that they looked at this. So they looked at the circumstances in in and, and they did different things. So the you know with the, with the bullying and, and the physical aspects. And usually there was one kid who would stand up and say something. But and that was the only group, though, where the, where the adult set the tone where they didn't say anything.
1: Something else of interest is when the adult came back into the room with girls – they, she asked him if everything was all right in there, and nobody said.
0: Right, and it's the same way with the the, the, with it the boys. It was
1: like a code of silence, and then finally one of the girls says, "Well, you know, this happened." and well, she uh,
0: starts talking about the okay, bullying. Okay, but they didn't. But, but they didn't. The 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 kids the only in one situation was there. Did they ever, you know, stand up and say, "Hey, this is wrong"? The only, and that was only. There was only one girl who, and she was vocal. About, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she was, she, unglued. yeah, she came unglued she, about the bullying, and when the parent, and when, and when the person came back in, said, "Is everything okay?" She says, "No, it's not," and, and she was right. the only, only one of them that did. Uh, the other times, you're right, it's the code of science in every other situation. So she was an anomaly, particularly in this study that they did, because the, most of the time that is not what happened.
2: And that's one of the things they said, you know, but they also said that that's actually one of the ways to counter bullying is to speak up about it, to not hide into the crowd. You know, if you actually don't like what's going on, you need to be out there. You need to be saying, hey, wait a minute, right? And it'll spread, and it'll actually um, make the bully not... You know, t- it will take away their
0: power. Right, but it, even more interesting, though, in that situation, that final one that they did with the very vocal woman, right. they had another girl who wh- who was being bullied at school, who hadn't told her parents everything, who well, was highly yeah. affected by the bullying that was going on and was no, off else. in the she, corner she crying.
2: Being bullied. She saw someone else. Be-
0: oh, is that what it was? No, she was yes. being bullied. No, she said she was being no, she, bullied as she well. she
2: wasn't being bullied in that situation. No, 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 she, no. She, no.
0: no, but what I'm saying, she hadn't told her parents everything about right. how much she was being bullied at school.
1: Right, but the right. In, is, none of the, her... in none of the Dateline episode were any of the children, the real participants, bullied by the ex. Right.
0: right, no, but only like that, the actor
2: case, was. The girl watched someone else get triggered throwing most response to her because what's she doing? Outside of exactly, so yeah, you know, there's there's trauma there. Um, within of not self game, but watching when else do it does have negative reaction experience.
0: Right, and remember, and the other interesting thing that came out of this was another girl who was in the situation. Nobody said anything, and everybody was quiet in that situation. And one of the girls afterwards, her parent, you know, her her mother, you you knew was disappointed. She knew her mother was gonna be disappointed, and she came back to talk to them. And what she what she said was how bad how badly she felt about herself by, for not saying anything. And after being in that situation, you know, she she felt like next time she would do things differently. Well, and, she
2: was one of the ones that joined in because they were so nice.
0: Right, right, yeah. But you know, the, it was it was eye opening. And for the people in the experience, um, I found it it was very difficult for me to watch um, the, right. the bullying. I, I you know I I relate to some of that. It would, I found it difficult.
2: And that goes back to the one thing about, you know, that one girl that had a breakdown to write their intuition. Right. Somewhat sympathize with. So I think we should,
0: yeah. So there, there's a, there's a second part to this. Well, you have an article here too, but I wanted to talk about the evolution of um, of. Um, well,
1: let's let's go ahead and throw Ian's article in there. Yeah, first let's do that. Well, well,
0: what I'm saying evolution. is maybe we should come back to the evolution of bullying later because I'm not well enough prepared. Have, have you guys read this, or would you be prepared to talk uh, about that? I just through it. those
2: um, someone was a little confused, and one of the links yeah. didn't. Do yeah, it. One, one of the links is yeah, – not a couple of
0: videos and. Yeah. Um. Here it is.
1: PDF is just outlines of. I, I think, I got to say, I think we could talk about the evolution of bullying tonight and still come back to it another day. when That's fine. Yeah. So I think, I think we can do both. Well, I think is, we can have our cake and eat.
0: Yeah, this is in, I can get to the link when I Google it, when I do it from Google, but I'm having trouble. It doesn't seem to work.
2: Well, I'm going to my school. To-
0: You know what? It might be right. because of the way that it's coming out and of Google.
2: It, this is the kind of story that's close to But one thing, my wife just started working at school. Quest, right after this happened, had a lot say but um, the story is this kid um, was bullied. This 12-year-old kid, um, and finally couldn't get anymore. So one day at school, he came to school with a razor blade taped to a pencil, and when the bully started up, he stabbed the kid. And you know, it, it shows what you know how how much you take crack and you know the kid's a good kid he's not violent but you know couldn't take it and now you know legally um the kid is um in a home right now because um he committed basically a felony and they can't just say okay well you know it was because of bullying we'll put you back in school because you know they ha- legally they have to go through that but you know it, it's a level that kids are pushed because of you know how else we deal with it you try to go through the school and there's only so much they can do and in the end you know you take it in your own hands you're going to get in trouble yourself and, you know, how, how far can this stuff push? It, it, you know, one thing to actually see it go to this level.
1: All right. So, Ian, Brian, Eric, were any of you ever pushed this level? No.
2: Close. Uh, I, um, I, I know I laughed out a few times, you know, punching without even paying attention to who I was punching because I am trying I to. Had a,
1: I had a lead pipe under the, under the lead or an iron pipe under the seat of my car because I was being stalked mm. by a group in high school. And I came close to a confrontation. I also had one of that group pull a knife on in the middle of the hall. Inch and a quarter long blade or so, you know, not a large blade, but he pulled this on me and, and waves us in mice, and I'm just, I'm just, you know, it obviously brings up brings up some memories, sure. But um, you know, at the same time, we've been asking ourselves, though, uh, one of the questions that I asked is, is bullying actually an Evelyn evolution? Sure. And I, I know that none of us here gathered would be the same, and we might not have friendship formed had we not been. Bullied in school and developed personalities that develop,
0: right? So um, I have an article in here, and you, that link works. Um, yeah. And they and they're talking about um, you know how we evolved primates, how bullying fits in primates. But like I say, I'm not really prepared to talk. I think that there's a there's a big there there's a, a big topic that I think that we should come back to.
1: I think and we, we I think we will come back hunt. many times. Yeah, but. You know, it's it's all across the animal. It's not just in birds. Sure. When you're talking in terms of yeah. birds, it's called pecking order. Right. When you're talking in terms of you know a, a flock of birds, will sometimes just single out one bird and drive that bird out of the flock, or in extreme cases, peck that bird to death because there's something in that bird that's weakening the maybe a disease, maybe an unsuitability of some sort. But there's something in that in that bird that's weakening. It may be that bullying is just a way of testing the group to find out if there's any weak members and to single out those weak members and them out. I think that socially we shouldn't have grown being, but
2: I still think that there's society. The way our society functions, um, we don't function like that and can't. Um,
1: I know. But I still think there's probably a switch inside of us that flips yes. and and bullies.
0: Well, it's interesting yes. that that gene still hangs around. Um, yeah, well,
2: actually, I, I, um, last time we tried this, I mentioned the fact that some ways I and I'm aware of it, and I feel bad about. it. And I think there is a level where you know we do it without realizing on time until after. Those of us who are more aware of it are bad while we do it. I think most people have been both them and the bully, right. depending on where they fit. And
1: well, heck, so I'm, I'm cyber bullying Eric right now. That's why he's so quiet. <laughs> And he doesn't speak. Yeah,
0: up. <laughs> yeah. But, but when you when you look at this, you know, you go back to when we were hunter gatherers and when we started forming these groups. You know, they had to be. They were smaller groups, and they had to be fairly tight. And if you had one person who was acting out, you know, in a way that was was unacceptable, you know, the group would take care of that. Right. And that's exactly. What has to happen here is when you in these situations, you know, and you kind of you you kind of see it that you know the that they'll start turning on the bully uh, eventually, you know, and, and and either that person conforms or they're they out of the group, and and so you hope that you know that um, that everybody can work it out, but you know I bet that I bet there was a lot of times when when they had to, to leave a guy behind yeah so it's it's a it's a huge topic actually there's been a lot of research done um into this topic and it's another always ones that i don't know that anybody has a great answer
2: yeah, well it's a touchy subject. You know, there's a lot of
0: emotions. Well, just look at the amount of links that you guys have added. You know, I mean, yeah, right. we, we, there's all sorts of, you know, there's one in Texas, there's one in Vermont. And I'll bet this is only scratch on the surface. I mean, yeah, there's the cyberbullying, you know, that's that's going yeah, on. And that,
1: in the case in Texas, the parents basically said that their son was bullied to death. That he committed suicide because he was being bullied. Um, the one in Vermont is a father who's basically lost his son to suicide over bullying. And he's basically trying to get bullying to end. There was a case down in Texas, and I went looking for a link. I kind of got sidetracked onto some other stuff because it's Google. Um, but wow. I went looking for the link, and it was a situation where a mother basically created a Facebook account, right, or to bully right. her daughter's right. rival, and that daughter's right. rival ended up committing suicide,
0: right? I remember but that. But the mother did the
1: bullying. This case, and right. I'm sitting here,
0: wow, yeah, that's there was a, there was
1: another situation that I caught a link on, but I didn't feel the here, to where a mother because her daughter was being bullied put the put the rivals information up on craigslist in sex ad so the daughter oh, was getting man. harassing phone not the not her daughter but the rival who was bullying your daughter was getting harassing calls
0: right yeah that's and I, scary that crosses that's... a line yeah it does that's not the same as just ordering pizzas for somebody.
2: Yeah, and you know, you, one of the the article like Brian talked about went into how you're supposed to grow out of it, but you often adults that have not grown out of it. That's are true. Still, you know, at that grade school mentality, Donald and in Trump. many cases, the
1: ones who haven't grown out of it are the ones who are successful. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this Ian. That kid that is up on felony charges and he's in a he's in a facility right now. Uh-huh. Is he at least learning how to make a prop Shiv now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey.
0: I'm sorry you you made that good was... enough um...
2: one. It worked.
0: All right. <laughs>
2: yeah, that isn't bad. But... Okay. Well,
0: so I I think hopefully we can end this here. Yeah. So all right. So anything else?
2: I think we, I think we've
1: uh, we we've flogged this
2: dead horse. All right, say good night, Ian. We'll see, hopefully we'll see some of our listeners at Skepticamp. Yes. We'd love to say hi to you.
0: Yep, we'll be at Skepticamp next week. All right, say good night, Ian. Good night, Ian. Say goodnight, Mac.
1: Good night, Ian.
0: <laughs> and Eric, say good night.
1: So good night, and
0: thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more
2: information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com to send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults. Feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com Other contact information can be found
1: on our website.
0: Music for this podcast was provided by OMG. For more information about OMG, go to their website at Myspace.com forward slash OMG HQ. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is released under a Creative Commons share-alike, no derivatives, 3.0 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people. Please do not edit or change the file.
1: Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook and Podcast Album Art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. Please do not attempt to alter or commercially distribute without written permission.